0: Ava Hartling, welcome back to the Brand is Female Podcast. Creating a successful business is an amazing journey on its own, but what happens when you have to let go of it because your life is unraveling at the seams? Today, my guest has a remarkable story to share. She is Ali Webb, the visionary founder behind Drybar, whose iconic blowouts have grazed the locks of Hollywood's elite, from Zooey Deschanel to Julia Roberts. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women & Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit theBranniesFemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help you. Are you ready to be inspired and connected? I'm really excited to share that we have officially launched the Brandis Female Conversation series. Come and join us for a monthly conference that's changing the game in Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. Engage with fellow women thought leaders, innovators, and visionaries. Get ready for insightful discussions and powerful networking opportunities presented by TD Women & Enterprise. Don't miss out on this opportunity to elevate your career and your network. Website, go to the events section and secure your spot today. I can't wait to meet you in person. Ali's achievements are nothing short of astonishing. She's been celebrated in prestigious publications such as Fast Company, Fortune, Marie Claire, Inc, and more. She's even penned a best-selling book. She accomplished all of this before hitting 40. But beneath the glitz and glamour, success exacted its toll. Ali found herself navigating the shattering of her marriage, the heartbreaking journey of her 14-year-old son, and a growing sense of emptiness in her thriving business. Falling into the depths of depression, Ali made a pivotal decision to sell her beloved venture and embark on a journey of self-discovery where she would confront her raw, unfiltered truth. Today, on November 14th, she's launching a book titled The Messy Truth. Through embracing her authentic self, Allie discovered that life unfolds in the moments between laughter and tears, and there's beauty in every imperfect chapter. Tune in this episode as we dive into her incredible story of resilience, reinvention, and the power of embracing vulnerability. Here's our conversation. Allie, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female. Thank you for making time to speak with me today. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot to talk about. You've had an amazing journey as an entrepreneur and now as an author, and we'll have a chance to get into all of that. But I'd like to start these conversations by going back in time a little bit. And I want to ask you, growing up as a young woman, what kind of career did you imagine you'd do in the future? And was it at all connected to one of the many things you've been doing throughout your your actual career?
1: No. I mean, when I was a kid, I really wanted when I was like a young kid, I, I grew up in South Florida and I really wanted to be a professional tennis player. Oh, um, I love that. I played tennis as a kid and um really fell in love with it and was lucky enough to be coached by Jeannie Evert, who is Chris Everett's sister, who wow. I don't know the age demo of your listeners, but you know, Chris Evert was like, you know, the Serena Williams of the gosh, eighties. I don't right. know. Um, so, you know, it was like, you know, I was a little starstruck being able to learn from her sister and I, you know, subsequently got to play with Chris. And so it was, it was all like very exciting. And I love, I fell in love with the game and them. And, um, and then I, I proceeded to go to Nick voluntary for years and, and really mm-hmm. wanted to become a professional, but I just did not have, I wasn't good enough. And it was the mental game was really hard for me. And so I kind of grew out of that stage and, I was not great in school and I didn't, um, my parents were entrepreneurs, but I didn't have like an entrepreneurial desire. You know, Mm. my my brother, Michael, who was, you know, my, my partner in Drybar, he did, he was very entrepreneurial driven and he like had, you know, he had like a t-shirt business when he was like 15 and Mm, he was doing all these things. And I was like, not even thinking about that or interested in it. You know, I, I loved, I loved fashion. My mom and I would shop a lot. So I, I always loved clothes and, mm. um, but you know, and then there was this like undercurrent of hair for me because I have naturally curly hair, which mm-hmm. has calmed down a lot over the years. But I also, um, you know, growing up in South Florida, my hair would, was like three times the size. Humidity, right? Humidity. Yeah, Yeah. So I was always like, kind of mystified by how, you know, women in magazines, this was also, I'm dating myself back when magazines were something, <laughs> I, I remember um, magazines, <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're like these, you know, it was like Christie Brinkley and Cindy Crawford. Like they had these, like this, like very soft, but voluptuous hair. And I was like, how how come their hair looks like that? And mine looks mm-hmm. like this. And I was so curious about it. And so, you know, and I always tried to get my hair to look like that unsuccessfully you know, so I think it was just like thing that kind of was like a- always in the back of my head. And so I, I you know, I, I, after high school, I moved to New York city and I tried to pursue a, a career in more in fashion. And I thought I wanted mm-hmm. to be like a personal stylist. And I just became pretty disenchanted with that world and decided, you know, I worked for Nicole Miller and for Cynthia Raleigh. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but then, I, then I was just, I, you know, was like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And it was my brother and I w- would end up moving back to South Florida where we grew up and opened a couple of Nicole Miller boutiques. We licensed the brand and now I'm like, you know, 21 in, you know, managing a clothing store. And I was like, this is not it for me. And and that's when I was like, I think the only thing that I can think of that I really love is, is hair. Like I'm mm-hmm. so, and I had worked at a couple of hair salons in high school as a receptionist and they would blow out my hair. And I was mm-hmm. so enamored with it. And I was like, why am I not doing this? You know? And so I, that about the time I was around 21, I made the decision to go to beauty school, which was like, you know, one of the best decisions I ever made. I was like, I, you know, instantly fell in love with the school and the people. And it was just like, these were my people. And, and, you know, that would begin my hair journey, which would of course ultimately lead to dry bar.
0: And when did you make the decision to turn that into a business? And was that more, you know, your brother who, you know, you've mentioned had an interest in running his own business already, or did the idea come from you? Was it a mutual decision maybe?
1: No, I mean, it really came from me. I was, you know, fast forward to so like being in the salon industry for years. And then I moved, went, I moved back to New York again and worked at hair and you know, I was, I was, you know, a typical, like, you know, I was like probably like 25 or 26 at the time. And I was like, I think I want to try something else now. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. a true 20 year old trying to figure out their life. I was like, let me try something else. I ended up working in PR for a little while in New York city. And I was kind of trying other things on. And that's when I met my, my now ex-husband Cameron, who's the creative, like branding genius behind dry bar. Um, and I wanted to just, you know, have kids and, be a stay at home mom. And so that's like what I did. And we moved to LA and I stayed at home. We had our two boys and I stayed home with them for like five years. And, and after about five years of being home, a stay at home mom, I just kind of got the itch to get out and do something for myself. And Mm -hmm. because I'd now had all this experience in hair and and I always loved getting through a haircut to, to the blowout. I was like, I think I'm going to start a mobile blowout business, which was like, you know, the idea came to me as like, you know, I could go and do blow out on my mommy friend's hair while my, you know, while their babies are sleeping mm-hmm. and charge 40 bucks because more people would, my idea was like more people would call me if I was cheap enough and mm-hmm. I'd get busy and I'd really just use it as a way to get out of the house and like talk to adults and whatever. And so that I started that business, which, you know, got very busy and popular very quickly. And then I kind of came to this crossroads of like, do I want to do this mobily and bring on other stylists. Then I didn't love the idea of that because I couldn't Mm. control the experience and all that. So that's when I went to my brother and said, hey, I, you know, I'm really busy in this business. And I think part of the reason I'm busy is because it's so inexpensive. And I feel like there's there's really a hole in the market because there was like the discount, this is also like 13 years ago Yeah, for anybody listening who doesn't remember a time before Drybar. But, you know, 13 years ago, it was like, you either went to like, a fantastic Sam's or like, yeah. lived in New York, like a Jean-Louis David. Which I don't even know if they still exist, um, but they were like, you know, like chop shops, like they were like kids getting haircuts, blowouts were determined on how long and how thick your hair was like that old fucking antiquated system. Mm-hmm. Or there was like a, a you know, full service lawn, which were, we're charging you, you know, well into the hundreds of dollars for like Just a for a blow
0: dry. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It was crazy. And it was like, nobody, nobody was looking at that piece of that, of it. And I, I, because of my naturally curly hair and my like affinity Mm -hmm. for blowouts, I was like, I think that there, you know, what I'm doing mobily would really work in is just an isolated service. And, and so I went to my brother and I said, Hey, here's, you know, obviously my business has been successful. I've kind of hit a ceiling with it. I think I should, we should open a brick and mortar, but I don't have any money and (laughs) I need help, you know? And he, he really loved the idea. And, um, You know, and I had, there was like another woman that I had been talking to about doing something with it, but you know, I didn't feel really valued by her and like all that I brought to the table. So I went to my brother and said, Hey, I kind of want to do this because, you know, it's like, I can't think of anything better for me to do because I know this world so well. And I had worked in many salons and for owners of salons. So I really understood how hair salons in general worked. And, you know, my brother was like, you know, I, I, a little skeptical at first and was like, how does, how is this going to be? are women just going to want blowouts? Like women can't blow dry their own hair and, and all of that. And I was like, <laughs> they can't, most yeah. can't. He wasn't know, a target clientele, obviously. Yeah. And he's bald. And he was like, huh? And his, <laughs> his wife had, you know, stick straight hair, like the hair of my dreams. And I was like, most <laughs> women don't have hair like that and really struggle, you know? And so he, you know, he got on board, he was running a, another company at the time, but he basically... You know, was willing to give me the money to do it, and mm-hmm. and for fifty percent of the business, it was sweat equity, which I had never heard that term, I had no idea what that meant, and then once he explained it to me, I was like, oh shit, yeah, like that sounds amazing, and so you know, that's kind of how the whole journey began, and and what was really satisfying and still is to this day was that you know, to your question, my brother really was always the overachiever you know, really successful in anything he did. And I was definitely the, like, what the hell is Allie going to do with her life? And so for (laughs) this to have been my idea yeah, and, and, you know, and it really like leveled us out because my brother Mm. really had a lot more experience in business and and he would, you know, really be the business side of dry bar where I was like the creative and hair and customer service and all that, where he was dealing with like, you know, spreadsheets and leases and all the stuff that I Mm -hmm. don't like good at. So it was a really beautiful and perfect partnership.
0: And when did it feel like, okay, this is actually going to take off Was success, you know, kind of overnight with dry bar. I mean, you, did you start with just one location and then grew from there or how, how were those, you know, first few years?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it did feel like an overnight success. I mean, even before we opened the doors, it was like appointments were getting booked once mm-hmm. this article in daily candy ran. And so you know, we were so underprepared for what, you know, the, the, like seemingly overnight success. I mean, it would, as we grew and scaled, it definitely took a lot more work, but that first shop, you know, was basically book solid from day one. And it was such a trip and we were so overwhelmed and surprised by, by it Mm -hmm. ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we were like, and it was in the middle of a recession, 2010. So it was really like Mm -hmm. crazy and, I mean, just unbelievable. And it was, you know, we, we were, we knew we were onto something very quickly. Right. What's one of
0: the biggest lessons you, and I'm sure there were many, but what's one thing you took away, you know, with you from those, you know, it it was essentially your first, you know, real business. And what did those dry bar years teach you?
1: Oh man. That's why I wrote a book. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, my new book, The Messy Truth is, you know, I, it's my second book. And my first one was like much more like hair focus and like a more of a tutorial, like yeah. guide doing your hair. But, you know, this one is, is, you know, really the whole story of my life with like, I mean, you know, lesson after lesson. And there were just so many because, you know, I, like I mentioned, I didn't go to college. I didn't have I certainly didn't have a business degree. You know, I didn't have any real experience other than watching my parents, which was incredibly valuable, and just my own like instincts for business and customer service and all of that. Um, The book is like really almost chronicles, I guess is the mm-hmm. best w- way to put it, my, you know, from the starting of the business. And I mean, I made so many mistakes and did so many things crazy and wrong, but also did a lot of things right. And my, at the end of the day, I think my intuition and instincts were, were pretty good, you know, and we were able to maneuver around the, the mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. and so to answer, it's so hard to answer your question. Cause there's just so many, I mean, the things that like come to mind is, you know, is the, I think the pressure I put on myself mm. because of, you know, it was like dry bar, I mean, this may sound like champagne problems, but like, you know, because Drybar was so successful so fast, and now I'm like in this position of running this company and managing people, and I had never really done that before, so I didn't really know how to do it. I knew a little from watching my parents and whatever and like my own experience and jobs and stuff, but it was hard to be like, oh, everyone's coming to me for the answers, and I don't fucking know all the answers, Mm -hmm. but I have to pretend like I know all the answers, which I would eventually learn that... I actually didn't have to pretend that I could say, Hey, I don't know. What do you guys think? But I I was under this delusion that I had to know everything, which I now recognize is not the case. But when you're, you're kind of thrown into the deep end and um, everyone's looking at you for answers, you feel this pressure and there's Mm. ego and all the things. And you know, this, the whole trajectory of dry bar and, and how fast it moved and then how we started like hiring you know, more and more people to come in and do the things that we weren't good at, you know, like Mm -hmm. letting, letting go of that control was really hard for me. Um, But ultimately like the right thing, because we were, we were purposely hiring people who were smarter than us, who had more experience than us. And even though, again, in, in hindsight, those were absolutely the right decisions to make emotionally and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) spiritually, those were really hard for me because I, I, this was my baby and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to nurture it every single step and, you know, didn't want to give up any, you know, control or autonomy. And so it would be a a tough lesson for me to understand the importance of that and um, integrate those people into the company, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I did a little bit kicking and screaming with, with some of them. Um, But yeah, you know, so again, it's like being on the other side of this business and, you know, now Mm -hmm. we've sold all of that you know, so many things I, I guess I would have done differently or I I don't hate saying that because I don't have any regret, but I I, I do think that like, I learned a lot about, I think the biggest thing is like, again, the pressure and stress and worry and all the things that I let distract from the awesomeness (laughs) of what Mm -hmm, we were doing mm -hmm. and the, the super like exciting you know, rocket ship that we were on. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I almost wish I had enjoyed it more, you know, versus like being so stressed about it. I mean, it's Mm. just a a good life lesson in general, right? It's like, yeah, there's always, (laughs) there's always something. Yeah. It's right. I mean, it's like, I'm sure you can think of anything. I'm sure anybody listening, it's like, there's something going on in your life, whether it's personal or business or your kid or your job or your marriage or your relationship, whatever it is there's probably something that's not quite right you know mm-hmm. and we spend all this time worrying yeah. about it and like losing sleep and whatever and I, I obviously I think we have to to a certain degree and you know like my mom used to say like this too shall pass you know mm-hmm. and and won't mm-hmm. always feel this way and so
0: anyway. And do you think women in general, and, and I know, you know, you're surrounded by other women entrepreneurs, you're, you've, you know, made a point of supporting other women entrepreneurs. Do you think that we tend to be too hard on ourselves? I mean, just, you know, and, and I love that the book is called The Messy Truth. It's, it's like, you know, showing that vulnerability and you're addressing all the stuff that wasn't pretty from your your business adventure but are we too hard on ourselves even if you know when we look back at something we've accomplished because from an, an outsider's standpoint you've built this amazing you know concept that became a success story you know throughout the US it's still standing today it's still the reference it was the first you launched a new category in the hair business um are you you know are you seeing too much of you know, there's stuff that you could have done better or there's stuff that you could have enjoyed more as opposed to just celebrating success. And I asked not just for you specifically, but I think women, we have to, a tendency to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Those are, those are the things that I would say, you know, when you ask what I've learned, I think those mm-hmm. are the things i I think in general people, everybody, I think puts mm-hmm. a lot, you know, I think we are all too hard on ourselves. Um, And, and I think that I was too hard on myself then I don't, I don't actually feel that way now. You know, I feel like it was an incredible lesson to me of like, looking back, I was too hard on myself then for sure. Now Mm -hmm. I can recognize and hope to impart on the future generation of of entrepreneurs that like pace yourself, enjoy the journey. Like you don't have to work 24 hours a day. You don't have to put in 80 hour work weeks. Like you don't have to do all of that in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, quite the contrary. And have people around you who are helping you who are good at the things that you're not like, you know, if you can concede control on something that you don't like doing and something that you're not very good at, like that's fucking great. You mm-hmm. know, where I think there is this tendency to like, I have to do it all, I can't trust anybody else, you know, which I would like to personally dispel, like lean on people, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I certainly did, albeit reluctantly. I I definitely see it so different now. And now I'm like, yeah, rely on the people that you know and trust or that you hire, you know, so that you can breathe a little more and have, Mm -hmm. enjoy your life and and also enjoy what you're doing. I mean, burnout was very real for me. You know, I mean, I worked Mm -hmm. myself to the bone and I'm not like, that's not like a trophy. I'm not proud of that, you know? So I, I look back at that as like, there is a balance of like, you have to work really hard, no doubt, but there's a, you know, there's a way to work like smarter, not harder. You don't have to, you know, and so finding that balance and allowing yourself the grace to be like, okay, when I get home to my kids, I'm going to put my phone away and and spend time with my kids and like tune out everything else. I didn't Mm -hmm. do that. And I would, I would now. You would. Yeah. So that's, that was a major lesson.
0: This season of The Brandiest Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise. And they're about confidently building you, As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. I want to talk about that transition. You, you know, you sold the business, you've mentioned you kind of worked yourself, you know, to the ground. Um, Was it a hard decision to let go of that chapter to turn the page after so many years running the business? And it was your baby. It was your first
1: company. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. You know, I think... um you know, it's, I'm almost four years out of it now. So I've had a lot of time to digest it, but at the time, you know, there was so much going down (laughs) when we were starting to think about selling Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, going through a divorce with my first husband and that was just so complicated because we were both in the business and it was like kind of coming to the point where, you know, like I mentioned, we had hired so many other people to help navigate the business forward because it had gotten so large mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, 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 the nimbleness of the company was not really there as much. And, and so, you know, I realized that I, I really loved the startup mentality and we were, you know, at a you know, hundred plus stores and this massive product line and just so much. And we had so many people now that were running it. Um, it just didn't feel the same to me anymore. Hmm. Even though that was the right thing, you know, it's like we had, we had, you know, intentionally grown to where we did, but it just, it wasn't, it didn't feel the same to me as it did in those first couple of years. And I think I was like, Hmm. you know, pretty emotionally ready to be done. Um, so yes, there were parts of it that were hard and it was like initially really hard to like, you know, get texts and DMS from people about things that were going on and know, like, it just wasn't mine to (laughs) fix anymore. And that was hard. Um, Mm -hmm. and it will always of course be my legacy, but I, you know, I just have, I just had a son who went to college and you know, there's, there's a certain like detachment when your kid goes to college, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm going to see him this weekend. And like, I'm still very involved in his life. Right you know, whereas like selling Wait, Bar, your
0: business. Yeah. When you yeah, sell it, that's it
1: selling your business. If you're, you know, if you're not involved and, and I certainly have friends who are founders who've sold their companies and they've stayed involved. And right. so that was a different path for them, which I have, yeah. I don't have experience with for me. It was like, we sold it and my, you know, involvement was over. So it did feel a little like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, like all these years of building this thing is just like poof done. That mm-hmm. was a little bit hard, but like I said, I had already started to like step away a little bit from the business. So in that regard, so it was, it was kind of a mixed bag. I mean, um, but I, but I think I was like ready for the next chapter and ready for the next thing. And I had, you know, emotionally gone through a lot with my divorce and my son, who's the one who is in college now, Mm -hmm. he was going through a really hard time, which is also in the book. Like it kind of started on this doing drugs and went to rehab and it was like a whole Mm -hmm. other journey that really required all of my attention that, you know, kind of worked out the way, obviously, just like anything, the way it was supposed to, um, Mm -hmm. albeit really painful. So, you know, it was like the right time for it to end, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. And what
1: came next? And was it, you know, did
0: you know you needed kind of time to, you know, reset and, and, and think about your next venture? Did you jump into something else right away? And were you okay? You know, I think so much of I, our identity when we launch a business, especially something so, you know, iconic and that, that grew so, so large, um, how hard was it adjusting to, okay, I'm going to be doing something else?
1: Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> because And it's still hard, you know, even like almost four years out, I'm, we've, while we were still, kind of in the process of exiting dry bar, you know, my, my brother really had the idea for this massage concept, which I am not sure if you're familiar with, it's called squeeze, which were, it, it's, it's kind of like the dry bar for massage, uh, similar mm-hmm. to our, you know, frustration with blowouts, you know, the mm-hmm. same was kind of true for massages. Like you have the discount chain places that aren't very good and, you know, leave a lot and to and be you have the expensive spa. And you have the like, spa. Right. So we were like, why isn't there a place that you can get an affordable massage in an amazing, you know, environment and experience at a, at a decent price It Mm -hmm. also didn't exist, you know? So Michael had, had this really idea because he, we're both like, you know, massage goers all of our life, but there just wasn't a good option. So he started percolating on this idea when we were still involved in dry bar. So we couldn't really do anything with it. But at the time, our head of marketing, Brittany Driscoll from dry bar, who had helped us really climb a mountain, you know, was with us for like, I don't know, three or four years and she was just amazing. And she was kind of ready to move on to her next thing. And, you know, we approached her and said, Hey, we have this idea for this massage concept, but we can't run it ourselves. Would you be interested in like taking this on? And she, she loved the idea. She loved the concept and it was going to be, you know, the same founding team as Drybar. Cam was doing all the creative Josh Heitler, our architect was doing, all, you know, so it, it was like the same, it was like getting right. the gang back together to, to start this again. And, mm. um, you know, and it's, it's the, the big difference with squeeze is that it's app based. So, you know, it's almost like the Uber or Postmates of massage. You book on the app, you tip on the app, you put in all your preferences. Okay. It's a very mm-hmm. customizable experience. And, you know, we, so we started that, right at the end of dry bar. And she was, you know, we funded it and we're on the board investor advisor, but you know, I did not want to be in the day to day. I was like, no, things, thanks. Like I don't need, right. to, I don't yeah. want to I'm be that- done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At startup level again, but Brittany was, you know, it was the first time Brittany would really be able to be an entrepreneur. She's a co-founder mm-hmm. and our CEO and she did, she's done an amazing job. And that was, you know, almost four years ago too. And, and now squeeze is a completely franchise model. And we, I, I think we have sold almost 80 units already so it's about to mm. explode only 3 of them are open right now um, so you know that was like the next big project and then we've opened another concept called okay humans which is a therapy concept in the same kind of like the same founding team as drybar again like the same like approachable therapy and then we recently launched a company called brightside which is an infrared yoga studio which also has infrared um, saunas for people to go in so you know we've got a few businesses like brewing right now, and, mm-hmm, and again mm-hmm. I'm I have a you know a very zoomed out view of those, and I'm investor and boor- on the boards of those, right. but, but I'm not in the day to day in the day to
0: day activities. Yeah. yeah,
1: which is exactly where I want to be. And and I've you know I've joined a couple of boards. I've you know I invite advise on a handful of companies. Mm-hmm. I have invested in a handful of companies, and I I do a lot of. Um, different types of speaking opportunities and things to, you know, really give back to entrepreneurs, which is really what I have found to be the most rewarding. Mm. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy and wild how, you know, (laughs) really how my brain works. You know, it's like, I, there's so much in there (laughs) in terms of like things (laughs) that I've learned that I don't even know that I've learned, you know, and and really fascinating to me is like, You know, one of the platforms that I work really closely with is this platform called Intro, which I don't know if you've heard of it, but they basically like, it's this amazing platform with like a a huge range of like founders and CEOs, Mm -hmm. a lot who've exited businesses, a lot who've, you know, everything from like food companies to beauty brands to art, you know, to interior designers, like, and there, you know, you pay to have time with Mm -hmm. these people. Mm -hmm. And, And so I've joined that and get all sorts of different people booking me, you know, definitely a lot of beauty entrepreneurs for sure, but, but also from different arenas, different, um, categories. And Mm -hmm. it's really Mm -hmm. fascinating because at the end of the day, there's really a handful of issues that most entrepreneurs are facing. And most of those I have faced and have some good references (laughs) to talk Mm -hmm. about that. And it's funny because when you're on a call like that and someone's talking about whatever's going on in their business, and in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, that's so simple. It's blah blah blah. To them, it's not so simple <laughs> because they've never it's dealt with thing. it. And, exactly. And it wasn't simple to me, you know, eight yeah. years ago when I was in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, and just any being able to be on the outside of any problem is easier than being on the inside for sure. So it's really rewarding on, on two levels because I'm able to give back. And and, the, and when I you know see somebody be like, oh my god, yes, like th- thank you so much. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, and that is just it's so great for them. It's really, you know, rewarding for me. So, you know, that's definitely an area that I'm leaning into more that I, you know, which also Mm -hmm. feels like being of service, which is important to me at this stage in my life. I've, you know, I've just started volunteering at CHLA because I'm in LA and, um, I have this mastermind that I'm doing now called the blueprint, which is like an entrepreneurial, um, it's like a container of women who are, you know, already at a certain point in their business and they're kind of looking for some guidance. And they basically, as part of this mastermind that I'm hosting with Jacqueline Johnson, who is the founder of create and cultivate and this other woman, Marina Middleton, who's a, like a branding expert, the three of us join forces to do this. And it's like a way to kind of, again, it's like a six month container and women get kind of coaching from us throughout the six months. And then we're having a big event which we'll, we'll already have passed by the time this airs because it's in October, but we're going to continue doing it ongoing. So there'll be like one event as part of the six months, but then they'll get calls with us during the six months, which is also similar to like what I'm doing on intro. And so I just, you know, I'm, I'm in this like kind of give back phase of my life where I want to right. just pay it forward as much as I can.
0: And was that the idea for the book as well? Was it kind of that, you know, concept of sharing your wisdom and your hard learned lessons. For sure. I mean, you know, the
1: book, (laughs) the book is very vulnerable. I don't know if you've had a chance to Mm -hmm. read it all, but it's, it's very um, honest, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously the messy truth and it's, you know, it's the good, the bad and the ugly. It's like, you know, there's just, there's so many high highs and so many low lows and, and it's not, it's, it's not a fairy tale and it has, It has like a decent ending. It has a good ending in a lot of areas, and then it has a pretty harsh ending in other areas. And Mm -hmm. um, but that's the fucking truth, right? I mean, it's like we all have that. That's life. Mm -hmm. It's like you know things are great and then things are bad, and 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 I think that I most of my life lived with this like everything's got to be great. We got to make it great. Everything's Mm got to be good. You know, when now I realize like that's just not reality. Like some days Mm -hmm. suck and some days are great, and being able to roll with the not great days knowing a great day is going to come again mm-hmm. is like the big thing for me you know but but yes the the book is very much a, a way for me to say like here's here's what I've learned here's what I did that worked and what didn't work and you know and I hope it brings you some mm-hmm. you know some relief and some help if you're you know like I said I do think that there's for the most part a, you know a handful of things that entrepreneurs and just humans are dealing with. And, you know, the book covers a lot of those things.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you had to go back and do something different, you know, it could be specific to driver. it could be your journey overall. Is there one thing you change?
1: I mean, there's really not. I think that I really believe in this, like, even when you're in the throes of a very hard time, in the moment, it's hard to see it. But I think that It all happens the way it's supposed to happen. You know, like Mm -hmm. I said, I mean, I think that there's some, some things about like, I do believe like, you know, I wish I had enjoyed it a little bit more than I did and had taken the pressure off myself and like knew that it was all going to be okay. Um, You know, stuff like that for sure. But, you know, I had to learn that, you know, Mm -hmm. I had, you just have to learn this shit. You don't, it doesn't, you don't, you don't necessarily learn it just because I'm sitting here saying this somebody who's listening to this, who's in that boat might be like, yeah, I hear you, but I'm going to keep going, you know, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like you ought to go figure it out. What makes sense to you and what works for you. And there's, there's some things that we just have to learn by walking the walk, you know, and going exactly. down the yeah. tough path. And so, you know, I, I, definitely don't live in any regret or like things I would change. I mean, I think there was also like, I think I could have been a more present mom. I, you know, I guess I, I regret that, but it all also, mm-hmm you know, helped me be the, a better mom that I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think every lesson that we learn and every hardship that we go through really makes us who we are at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and now you're putting those lessons, you know, into action. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're able to be a a better version of yourself. Um, If you had to sum up, you know, and we invite readers to read the book, obviously you've shared, you know, a lot of the the lessons in this conversation. If you had to pick three pieces of advice for women who are thinking about starting their business, maybe they've just started a company, what would your top three pieces of advice be for them?
1: I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, like surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of trying to, it's really hard to run a business by yourself. And I don't mean that you have to have a co-founder, you know, it's just sometimes Mm -hmm. like having a little bit of a team around you to help you. And, and also making sure that that team is not a team of yes, people, you know, people who are not afraid, bring on people who are not afraid to challenge you and not afraid to disagree with you. all of that is very important. You know, I mean, I, I say it all the time. Like dry bar would never be what dry bar is without having had my brother and cam and countless other people around me helping me. Mm -hmm. It just, it just never would have been. And, you know, listen, I'm not saying that's true for everybody, but that was my experience that, you know, I needed people around me for a variety of different reasons. And, you know, my brother was also like the one first person who ever said to me, like, Hey, everyone's scared of you. And, (laughs) you need to like, and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. Like, you know, because for me, it was like, I was just so passionate and cared so much. And I thought everybody else cared as much as I cared, but like no one cared quite at the level that I did, you know? Of course.
0: Yeah. You're the founder. And
1: and I didn't realize that like, Mm -hmm. I was certainly the last person to the party realizing that like, I was being really harsh and people were scared of me as a result. And like, I really mm-hmm. needed to change that, but I needed someone to tell me that. Cause I didn't yeah. even know it. Like we, you often don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like the first bucket. Um, and, and in that same vein, also being open to that feedback and, and being, being curious about what people around you that you trust think, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't mm-hmm. have to take it all, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I have learned in my life that I take different things from different people at different times. Like yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear what you say. And, and sometimes I'll take some of it. Sometimes I'll take none of it. Sometimes I'll mm-hmm. take all of it, but, but, you know, being open to feedback and being curious about what people around you feel is just a like good information to have. And, 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 right. and also being able to, you know, take it in, and, and really use it, you know, and I would say the last thing, which is something that I feel like I've learned more recently is like, you know, self mastery, which is for me being not so reactive. I was, Mm. I'm a highly reactive person. And I, you know, I used to like say, oh, I'm just really passionate, which I am, but that like, you know, oh, I'm just really passionate, you know, statement, almost like, I think subconsciously gave me permission to be like a crazy person and a maniac and to be, you know, get mad really easily and like demand mm. things, and whatever. And I think now I've learned through a lot of different experiences in my life, some business, some personal that like, I, I have learned to really value like staying calm in situations that would otherwise make me mm. really crazy and want to react and thinking that like, I could react is because I want to, because I want you to know how important this is to me and how passionate I feel. And I'm entitled to this, which now, you know, I don't feel like that anymore. Now I, I, Mm I have that. I, it's more important to like, take it in, take a deep breath. Maybe don't respond to that email so fast, or maybe don't, maybe (laughs) think before you speak and all those things that I think are really basic lessons that we lose along the way, especially if we're in this, like for me, especially in this inflated like situation where you're the boss and, you know, people Mm -hmm, are doing mm -hmm. what you say. And so it, it can be like, it can get to your head. And now I feel a lot more, you know, passionate about being able to like control my emotions and to control my reactions and And that is a lesson that I wish I had learned a long time ago.
0: (laughs) Well, it it came when you needed it, probably. And you've mentioned, you know, you were kind of going all in, you know, with your first business with Dry Bar, and, you know, you, uh, you kind of learned a hard lesson in there too, is have you found more balance in your life now? Are you able to be more present to enjoy the present moment? Is that something you've been able to implement?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely have. And, and I'm, I like myself much more in this phase of my life than I, than I did in that phase. And that like, you know, on that treadmill and like, you know, trying to, um, find happiness and outside things and, you know, versus like, you know, finding some internal peace. So, yeah, I think I'm, you know, at a, at a much better place in my life now, much calmer and much more at peace than I've been in a long time for sure
0: is it, do you find it helpful? I, I find sometimes, you know, it's almost like when we're able to be vulnerable with others, it's our own form of therapy, right? Kind of sharing. And you're doing that through your book. You're, you're doing that. I mean, I've, I've watched some of your, your video clips where, where your husband, where, where you taught you to go through things that you're going, you know, you're going through in your relationship and you're, you're being an open book with your audience. And, and is that something that, you know, you, you get a lot from being able to share to that level?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that I've, you know, I've always tried to be really open and transparent with the things that I'm dealing with in my life and things that I'm going through. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that's, you know, it's something that was, is, is a little bit newer in the last few years to me to be more open. And you know, that the result of it is that I, I know it really helps people. And not only does it help people to like hear that transparency and like, oh, she's going through what I'm going through, but also like, oh, I wouldn't have expected her to be going through it because there's all these like smoke and mirrors because I've had this success, which is like wonderful. Mm. And I'm so grateful for it, but it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't like mean, you know, my life is any, you know, any different than anybody else's. And we're all kind of in the throes of going through difficult times and difficult challenges and trying to just, you know, make it all work. So I, you know, I, I know I get so much feedback from women about how much it helps them. Mm -hmm. And I know that's true because I, I also like can, you know, really benefit from things I hear from other women that I admire as well. And like, I, it's, it is like, you know, I mean, obviously this is not a newsflash, but you know, when somebody else is going through what you're going through, you're, you just feel a little less alone. And so that's, yeah you know, and that's really, comforting when when you're going that's, through something hard yeah know?
0: that's how we, we help each other
1: yeah for sure
0: well thank you so much for all the wisdom and you know the hard learned lessons that you're sharing with everyone with all of us i think yeah we're all we're all growing a little bit as a result and it was great hearing more about your journey today and we'll pick up a copy of your book we'll link to it the messy truth it comes out just now this is airing in november and yes. i can't wait to read it cover to cover And thank Thank you so much for speaking with me.
1: Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Brandis Female Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you to our editor, Isabel Morris, and our editorial manager, Mackie Domingo. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brandis Female. You've got it in you to succeed, let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com to learn more.